Hey guys, welcome to the Beyond Fitness Podcast, episode 42, with your host Jake Van Hoff, Kate Reese, and Ryan Bennett. There we go. Ryan, you're, you're a host too, you're, Ryan. You're definitely a host, Ryan. You're not a guest. Um, it's like uh, it's like those podcasts that have like slightly more infrequent hosts, but you are definitely a host. Yeah, just dip in and out. Yeah. Based on when we can remember to actually organise a time for the three of us to be available. <laughs> to be available, yeah. It's, it's so anyway. easy for it to get away from you though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's hard enough just actually pumping the podcast ev- out every week, let alone mm-hmm. organising them really, really efficiently. Not to come across that this isn't like a really professional, <laughs> prioritised podcast. Mm. <laughs> anyway how are you guys doing we'll start with start with you Kate why not I'm good I not much to report really just cracking on training's going really really well at the minute both of us were ill last week yeah we both had like a sickness bug last week and um, so we were both kind of out for about two days weren't we not fun I was out for four yeah, because you're dramatic and just a bit of a baby, really. <laughs> I was ill from Sunday through. Uh, I only went back to the gym on the Thursday. That's usually a sign of when I'm feeling better. Um, if I feel remotely okay, I'll go to the gym. And I didn't. So Thursday, you you rushed back. I To be fair, I had the luxury of it was like at the very end of my training block. And yeah, it was you like, chose to deload, didn't you? I had half a week of training, half a week of my program left. When I got ill, and I was like, "Okay, I'll deload then." Yeah, I got I got ill on Wednesday. I woke up Wednesday morning and was like, "Not right." Still went to the gym Wednesday morning. Actually, had an okay session. But we I actually, I've, uh, I've got a paper training log at the minute. It was actually really funny. I nearly took a photo of it and shared it on Instagram. Um, I actually wrote in the book, "Weight felt okay, but nearly puked." <laughs> <laughs> I knew I wasn't okay then. Before, Ryan, you'll you'll laugh at this. This is like a display of how immature I am. Before Kate, Kate was like, I'm not feeling great. I think I've got <laughs> <laughs> she just remembered what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not feeling great, but bear in mind I've just been ill for a few days, so I kind of know exactly what she's got coming. <laughs> she was like, What are you gonna go train? She was like, Well, I've got leg press, blah, blah. and I was like, <laughs> You're going to go on that leg press. You're, <laughs> you're going to have projectile diarrhea at the bottom of the leg press. Because you know how compressive it is at the bottom. And I was like, I've never had legs... to fear so much in my whole entire life. I was like, you're going to be wearing leggings and there's going to be shit actually rockets out of your leggings. Could you imagine? Could you imagine being in that situation? I was picturing it. I genuinely had the fear. And like, yeah, for for that reason, didn't, I still progressed, but I didn't push it massively. Um, But then, yeah, came back from the gym and was just not well for the rest of the day. And then for like the following day was really not well either. Um, But it passed. It passed as quickly as it came on, really. Um. But yeah, training's flying at the minute, feeling really, really strong, enjoying it. Um, and that's about that much is happening, really. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen you've been making shit tons of progress in, in your lifts, like even your, your machine yeah. shoulder press and your, your RDLs yeah. as well are flying up. Yeah. I'm feeling really good, actually. Training's, it's a good feeling when like strength is just like every single week, you know, like I'm even, I'm weak 
four of my program at the minute. Technically, only got one more week till I, I'll think about deloading. But with the way this week's gone, I'm kind of like, maybe I'll be able to add an extra week on. I don't know. We'll see. See how we're feeling this time next week. But yeah, progress has been mental this last block. Ryan, you're, you're someone who really feels... Well, I, like I'd like to catch up with you on the podcast at, straight after this, but you're someone who really feels deloads, aren't you? Like you get to a week and you're like, oh no, I can't do another week. Oh yeah. So like once I like get to the final point of my program and progressing and then like, I need to then that deload. Do you mean? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So like I'm... When, once I get to that like sixth week, then it's like, I don't have any hesitation to take a deload ever now. Mm. Like, Usually, I used to have that point of like, oh, you know, I've got to deload. I really, you know, I, I wish I could have that kind of quote unquote productive training still going. But then in reality, like now, I can't remember the last time I didn't want a deload. Really? Yeah. I feel like I just get to the point of being so beat up now towards the end of a program that I'm literally like, oh, like I, I don't want anything more than a deload. Like, if anything, I actually want a week off. <laughs> like, yeah. or, or as close to that as I can. Um, and I don't even feel like now, I don't even really feel like I get to the midst of a deload, you know, get to that kind of like Thursday kind of point and then be like, oh, do you know what? I could really push again now. I don't even get that eager now as well. I do. I, I think it's maybe just gotten so used to deloading and like training in that structure for however many years that it's got to this point. It's just like, it's just part of the process that I just, I don't really... Yeah go really against that now or like have that kind of feeling to come into play if that makes sense yeah no I, I just know like I and it's probably because I don't have the volume increases that you do um like I train in pretty pretty static volume but I rarely hit like a systemic point of needing to deload like I rarely hit a point where I'll be like there's no way I'm progressing next week I feel mm -hmm. fucked like energy levels are screwed I'm irritable, all that stuff. Mm. Usually I just start like getting joint pain. Mm. Like, right, okay. I just start getting niggly and like I'll get sort of maybe my sort of shoulder joint will start to feel a bit niggly when I'm doing chest presses or shoulder presses and my knees and ankles or something. Well, mainly my knees and hips actually will start to mm -hmm. feel a bit achy in between sessions. Um, and I've realized that's, that's my cue of like, yeah, I could progress next week, but I'm going to choose not to because I think I've now, I'm, I'm hitting that trade-off of injury risk mm. to return sort of thing. Um, it be a bit of a fine line sometimes, can't it? Because like you could still be mentally feeling like you can keep progressing, even physically still progressing, but there may be like other little signs elsewhere that's like, no, come on, don't be don't be dumb, take a deload. <clears throat> yeah, it sure. probably is something I need to discuss with my coach actually. It's just that I could probably handle a little bit more volume um later in a, a little block. Um because I think I could force the issue on deloading a little bit more. Um I tend to beat myself up from an like a weight point of view and then have niggles mm. rather than be like actually fatigue built up to the point that I can't recover sort of thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, anyway, Ryan, how are you? What have you been up to? Um, well, fill us in, Ryan. So I'm going to apologise in advance if I, I'm coughing or sneezing in amidst this. Um, 
But I'm going to add to the table of unwellness um, <laughs> and injury and injury. Um, so let's 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 go in logical order. So three weeks ago, <clears throat> not even training induced, I was um, I was walking out of my kitchen and I I'd forgotten something. And I literally did like a quick 180 turn. And then all of a sudden, like it was like my mid to upper back, like left shoulder blade in, in and around there just seized up. Like it was like a severe kind of cramping. And I was like, oh my God, like how do I get out of this? Like in a lot of pain. And I was like, oh my God, this is getting worse and worse and worse. So I went to go and then sit down in my room. I was like walking around like completely like I had like a stick up my bum and then up through my mouth. Sat down and I couldn't round or go, go the opposite way through my back at all. Like I was just literally fixed in place. And I was like, this is sore, but this is agony. This is agony. So I couldn't really go through any movement back and forth through my back. And it basically then, so I then went and sat up. So I basically like my bed, I'd have my legs straight out in front of me, my back right up against the wall that was next to it. And I sat there for a wee while and I was like, what? I don't know what I'm to do here. I was like, I actually can't really move at all. And I was like, I was actually really quite scared at the time. And I was like, I can't really move my neck left or right. And it was just like, everything was bad. So I ended up, Thankfully, it was later in the night, so I ended up going to sleep, and I was actually fine when I went to sleep. And then the next day, it calmed down, like it not it not being seized like to the same degree. It eased off, but moving my neck from left to right was kind of like a no go. So I was just having to like pivot round with my whole torso, and then just even trying to bring my chin down towards my chest, like couldn't do that. And then just really, really felt tight in through the mid back and um, the, the mid to upper back. So with that, I'd reached the last, well, I basically, it was my deload anyway for that week when that began. So then I think week, it one session. Yeah, you were like but, week four or week five of your yeah. program. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was week five. I think it was week five. And then I went in for the first session, then it happened that night. So that called that week off and you're like, right, deload, you know, it's fine, whatever. So then I spent that all, all that week just trying to see what I could do. Some like, um, you know, just, just using the foam roller, doing really kind of easy kind of like static stretches, nothing, anything kind of strenuous. And it really like alleviated it. By the time I came around to the, the following Monday, I was like, great, ready to get back into this, uh, you know, my next training block. So I went in for my first session and just throughout the day, I was just like, I could feel my throat just feeling a little bit funny. I was being a little bit sniffly. I was like, ah, oh, I just don't feel that great. I was like, I hope I'm not coming down with anything. And the day went on and I got into bed that night and I was lying there just like ready to go to bed. And I was like, I just don't feel that good. Like something not right. And then like, lo and behold, my, my legs and my lower back just started like pulsating with like pain I, i'm sounding so dramatic here but it was it was terrible so i started having a lot of pain up through my my legs and my lower back i was like oh, i'm feeling quite cold like i was shivering a bit under my duvet so i was like i had joggy bottoms on and socks on and a t-shirt and a hoodie as well and i was like this is not a good sign and then it was just kind of like i'd get little aches in my forearms and i was like i think i might have covid so then I'd fallen asleep for like two hours or something, woke up, dripping in sweat, feverish, going through all this pain, didn't have any painkillers or anything, and just had an extremely intense 24 hours by then. 
Um, but well, that was the, the first intense 24 hours. And yes, I, I ended up catching COVID. And yeah, that was me then out of the gym for basically a full a full two weeks after that. So it was about it was a full 10 day kind of battle with it, I guess I would say. First 24 hours terrible. Three days after that were pretty bad as well. Um I think it was like my, my the sore throat was one thing that was just like almost like nothing I'd really experienced before. Like I've had a lot yeah, of were, like you were saying it felt like your throat had been slit. It was literally like I was swallowing glass. Um and that coupled with like headache, but like through the eyes. Mm. Um so you move your head or you look from side to side, it just felt like eye strain. Um feverish little bits on and off. It was just the twenty the first 24 hours that was bad for that and, and the aches as well. But oh like how lethargic and just like fatigued that I felt getting back into things this week. I mean, you know. You, you take regular flu, for example, it's like a, a one to two week recovery period after that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you look at COVID, it's going to be at least the same. So, you know, that coupled with not really eating much, you know, being sat in place, not really, you know, not leaving, leaving the flat for pretty much the entire time. I think mm -hmm. there was like two occasions where like 10 p.m. later in the week, I was like, oh, do you know what? I'm going to go out for a walk around, around my block of flats. Um, <gasps> <laughs> and, and and did that um definitely wasn't I, I didn't care at all was known about um and like even that like i remember even like tidying my room on the friday and i was just like i have to sit down like every 10 minutes and just be like, oh my god so how i feel today in comparison to how i felt on monday it's just like it's a night and day difference monday this week was just, you know, getting to grips with things again. Just even walking to the gym was was a bit of a challenge. Went in and trained, just taking it easy. Um, and yeah, I'm 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 feeling, I'm definitely on the mend. That's for sure. I I I I think by Monday, you know, touch wood that I should be, you know, pretty much back to normal. I would say. Mm. Yes, yeah, um, Monday this week is two weeks from when you got COVID, eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it's not even yeah. like it's one week. It's like two weeks later. Um, and anyway, sure. that I mean, that's going to bring us on to our like main topic or like this certainly podcast. one of our main topics of this podcast, which is getting back into training post-injury or post-illness. Yeah. Um, is this the longest, if you discount that one Monday session, is this the longest you've had out the gym? as like, for like, in living memory? It would be since, oh, no, what? No, no, the, the, since 2018, when I graduated and I went and worked in Tenerife for a month, that was the longest period of time. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, this was, this is definitely like, ah, oh, well. Not including when... home training, I guess. Nah, like home training, I think the longest time I had off was a week. No, no, um, but I said out of the gym, but yeah. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Off training, yeah. Yeah, pretty much near enough. Near enough, this has been Since the longest time that I can kind of remember, especially like illness-induced. So, you know, it's been, it's it's tough because you obviously, you know, we we set ourselves pretty high standards and goals for ourselves. We really do. And Obviously, when it's your passion and you absolutely love training as well, 
when that's taken away from you for so long, that actual enjoyment factor, but then the goals and the expectations that you set for yourself, that you want to achieve within certain timeframes, it's tough. It's a real mental battle when you've not got yeah. that. I think that's like, I, I look at it from more of like an optimistic standpoint. Now, if I, if I was, you know, if this happened to me four or five years ago, I would have gone into like, Meltdown. Meltdown. state of like depression if it was literally like three weeks that I wasn't able to train because because of my worry of losing all of that progress up until that point I'm like oh no like you know after 48 hours I'm I'm losing muscle mass if I'm not training that you know like literally like being way too caught up in in the the, the small detail and thinking yeah. like oh my god it's going to take me so long to get back to where I was but we know that you know once you've reached a certain point to be able to, you know, if whatever gets in the way to get back to that point, it never takes as much. Like I know that in two, three weeks from now, I'll be exactly where I was before, before I obviously started with an injury. So I actually think I'd have had a full blown meltdown if I had your situation. Yeah. Like I, really? I actually, I, I actually think I'd have had a meltdown. Like yeah, I'd, so. I'd not been, a, I'd not <laughs> been a person to be around no. like at all. Because um, I would say, like I, I would put you two really, really high up on the pedestal there that, like, I don't ever see you guys, like, you know, really having, I think maybe is, is a week, I don't even know when the last time you guys had, like, a week off training or anything that would really interfere with that largely. No, I've not like, had. That's something that, like, I, I totally I've had understand. seven days off training. So, like, more than seven days, right? I reckon I've had five days. Like, school? maybe uni yeah. first year of uni that was the last time first year of uni so 2014 was, would be the last time that i had even seven days off um yeah and i'll like take the amount of rest that i i've got like a real clear head on things of like this is how much rest my body needs um and i love training yeah um so like beyond that isn't a thing for me. Yeah. So like if I went on a five day holiday somewhere and it happened to tie in with a good time for me to take a deload, I'd probably just not train while I was away. Yeah. But yeah. if a five day holiday somewhere tied in with like, I'd taken a deload two weeks before or something or three weeks before, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm going to find a gym. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, I remember Mark Coles, who's like a big, big wig in the like quite an experienced coach is a business mentor now. I remember him, someone asked him like, why are you training on holiday? Um, and he's like a very busy guy. And he was like, at this point in my life, my body never needs a rest. My brain needs a rest. Mm. Like I don't train the way I used to train. If that makes sense. Like he might train four times yeah. a week. And it's like trying to find time for that within a busy business. He's like, I don't, my body doesn't need a break. Like I love training and I don't need a rest from training. Like when I go away on holiday, I need a rest from business and yeah. my work. I don't need a rest from training. Yeah. That's like my passion. For um, sure. I, I that even found it. With me. Yeah. Like, I, well, I even found like, that was it. Like I got messages when in November, when I was in Turkey, I had people messaging me being like, oh my god like this is serious dedication you know you're you're training away whilst you're on holiday like do you not need a break this and that i'm like this is my favorite thing to do out of anything yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts of the day yeah 
they're like, if I can do this on holiday, then this is a win-win all round. This is even better. Like I'm not having yeah. any, you know, I'm not take, I don't want to take time away from the gym. Like yeah. I've, I've like many times that I've trained on like Christmas day before. And I remember people being like, mm-hmm. oh my God, how are you doing that? I'm like, it's the best way to start Christmas day. Like, uh, I, why would, like, why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think also when you're traveling as well, like it's sometimes quite cool to like still seek out different gyms. Like that's definitely something that yeah. we look at. Like if we go to London or, like it's cool to kind of see different what else. environments. Yeah, and... and just like it's just a bit of a novelty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like going on holiday, like in a gym setting. It's like going to instead of experience, like if you're to view like your your local gym at home, that's like your normal gym. But then going away, if you go down to London and you have like a you know a proper you know um, really like um highly equipped gym going there yeah. it's like a holiday like novelty for the gym itself totally it's a playground totally. totally i think we wake up so bloody early anyway there's nothing that's, else to do that's the big do you know what that is <laughs> the big to the gym honestly man like sometimes the biggest issue when we're away is just locating something caffeinated coffee. before coffee shops don't open until like 8 a.m at the weekend and like we need to stop staying in places that don't have a coffee machine because it's just unacceptable. Yeah, we'll wake up at six and like I'll look at Kate at about six thirty, <laughs> and like, have you ever seen what is it? Um, oh, do you, you know Game of Thrones, the mm-hmm. Red Lady? Oh yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. What's her name? Melisandre, and she turns into like a crippled old lady when she doesn't have oh, yeah. a spell on her honestly oh, yeah. kate wakes up looking amazing and beautiful and within the hour shit, within the hour of not having caffeine she's like <laughs> like looks like she's gonna kill me i'm like fuck we need to get some caffeine like right okay we've got some instant coffee here and she looks at me with like this huge disdain, disdain. <laughs> instant coffee we're like googling coffee shops near me yeah every now and oh. again you're like a starbucks that opens at 7 a.m like, oh yeah we'll... and that's the godsend it's like okay maybe we'll watch some youtube for 20 minutes before we <laughs> go and get a, a starbucks um so yeah yeah if you wake up that early like i think i was saying to you on that walk like you might have breakfast plans or brunch plans that you want to crack on with but when you're up at 6 a.m which our body clocks just do mm. sometimes 6 30 sometimes 7 but like rarely later than that sometimes five <laughs> sometimes five while away on holiday that's yeah, really cool that's fun. love that love that for us um it's like breakfast isn't gonna happen until 9 30 10 like we can go train and Plenty of time. come back have a shower get changed go out for a nice brunch get some pancakes or whatever we're doing and it's like this has taken nothing out of our day in fact it's it's filled a bit of like a blank spot if that makes sense yeah um wasted time almost but anyway back to the gym yeah after <laughs> i've gone on a total right, tangent there. after being ill or injured ryan what's been your approach this week because i like i'm I, co- I coach you but i've had no influence on this week like you you've taken sure. the sure totally totally well you know from <clears throat> without getting well i mean that can get somewhat specific but like so my so what well the overall intention was to start back at week one of that next phase of the program that we were starting, but just after I got injured before I got COVID, yeah. That going in with like the lowest level of intensity that it would be, so keeping like a good kind of three to four reps shy from failure with each exercise, and it's the lowest that our sets have been within my program. That then even with that, 
going very much by feel because we know when we take, I, I find like if you take any time longer than a week off of training, once you find like it's two weeks or more off of training, the, the one thing you lose the most is that it's the neurological aspect of each movement that you're doing. It's that ability to be able to have coordination and stability in certain exercises. So it's that movement skill, exactly. So it's going to take a little bit of time to be able to kind of, you know, rekindle that skill that I've started off a lot lighter than what I necessarily usually would have. I would have done, I've, I've done less overall sets, but lighter weight within that as well. And just making sure that I am really taking it easy. And I'm just trying to acquire the skill-based kind of aspect of each movement. So the movement feels comfortable. I'm using that you know, safe and efficient range of motion um, and just making sure that I've got those technique principles there. And, you know, the last thing that I want to do at this point is shoot myself in the foot for the long run and do too much too quickly because not only am I feeling fatigued this week, but if, well, if I was to go into obviously doing too much too soon, then that's more fatigue on top of that. That's going to prolong my recovery from even this illness, even on top of that as well, or lead to me being more run down and, you know, Aside from that as well, less potential progression further down the line. So being very conservative um, within everything that I'm doing. Um, that is, no, we, you know, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, and this will be obvious to you, but potentially not obvious to people who um, aren't as educated or as experienced. And no sure. ego, not looking at what you've done before. Um, yeah. Yeah, using historical stuff to base your conservative, like point that you're going in at. So for you, I know we like we trained together on Wednesday and we did squats to start off. Yep. Your squats yep. were at one ten for fifteen before one ten fifteen before yeah yeah, and you did and I, a set of eighty for eight twelve or ten yeah eight, and a I set of hundred for eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, then just left it. So mm -hmm. a really submaximal set and another pretty submaximal set. Mm -hmm. And I watched both sets, both moved beautifully. No like real hint of fatigue or anything like that. Um, and yet still you've got some DOMs the next day. And like mm -hmm. the important thing to go over with um a long break off like an injury or, or an illness is your like there's there's some terms in um sort of the scientific community for training which are like um the minimum effective volume that you need the maximum recoverable volume so the mi maximum amount you can recover from um and both of those are way lower than usual so mm -hmm. the maximum amount you can recover from is way lower than before yeah. And the minimum amount that you need to like make some progress and some adaptations is also way lower than before. So like I would yeah. hypothesize that even just this week, you're above the minimum that you need. Mm. You're yeah. training for you like a complete pansy. Like you, you're like going through the motions beyond belief. Yeah, for sure. I think it's like, like it's what you touched on. The minimum you need. For sure, for sure. And I think... What you touched on at first there of looking at like, you know, like not being able to like, you know, not looking at what you have done previously in a sense of like, you know, your personal bests, for example, that could really much lead to you then, you know, the ego taking over easily and be like, oh, do you know 
what? I had 20 kilos more in this exercise. Like I could maybe bump it up a little bit more here that I always say like that kind of first week of any new program, it's that opportunity to gain familiarity with those exercises. You're figuring everything out in place. And I think it's the best thing to kind of put your ego at ease in that case of being like, right, what is this plan I've got in place now? Okay, what is, what, what is this exercise selection? What are these rep ranges? Right, I'm going to figure out what weights are going to be most appropriate for me within, you know, th this training day, for example. And just don't, don't put any pressure on yourself to feel like it has to be this, like, massive, productive, progressive session in that first yeah. when you're coming back. Because we always see that the best example I always think is when people come back from holiday and they have a week off, you know, they're way abroad on holiday and say they've not trained and, you know, they've, you know, they've, they've overate in a sense that they've, you know, they've gone away and they've ate whatever they want, want to. And then they come back to train and then they go in and they're like, right, I need to make up for all of this time that I've had off and, you know, put this extra food to use. And then they go into the gym and they smash themselves yeah, and their body's in pieces the next week or even the middle of that week that then they can't even do all of their plans training sessions that yeah. that fatigue is so so high that well when you come to the next week you might at best be able to match what you've done the week before by the time you get to week three you're not moving anywhere and then you probably have yeah. to deal or your yeah. body will deal for you yeah 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 100 yeah, um i think that first week back even even if you've deloaded properly that first yeah. week back is like exactly what you said it's you know find your feet with things yeah um like but there is definitely a de a, a, a difference between a, a good deload and time off like an extended period of time <laughs> off like the contrast of us on wednesday like i pushed my training like and started week one of my new block like maybe a smidge harder than i should have done but not like not too bad but like what I could do versus and what was appropriate for me versus what was appropriate for you, like night and day. Oh yeah. Mine was similar to my last week of my program, like not a million miles off. And I've got like moderate soreness the next day. And yours was quite a bit off the end of your last program. And you've got moderate to high soreness the next day. So yeah. you, you just have to be more conservative after that injury or illness. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'd say especially illness as well. Like, yeah, you're, oh, yeah. you're probably your still run still down. Recovering from that, your immune system is probably still a little bit sharp. Yeah, mm. for sure. Cool. And uh, how are you feeling going into kind of the back end of your first week of training? Are you feeling like it's been well pitched and you're in a good spot? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like, yeah like in that case like i feel really good where i'm at just now like training wise like today's definitely been the best day of training for sure like each day this week it's kind of been like every other day i feel better so i feel better one day and then the next day i'm like oh i actually don't feel that great today and then the next day it's like better than the day better before the day yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah today aside from just having a bit of a lingering migraine like in the gym i actually felt like I didn't feel exhausted in between sets where I was feeling yeah. that earlier in the week, like day one, uh, day two, I had like an arm superset at the, at the end of one of my sessions. And I was like, I was so breathless <laughs> from just doing like some, some bicep curls and some tricep pushdowns. Like I was literally like, how am I so breathless from this? It was like, I'd just mm -hmm. done like a hundred sprint. And then today it was like, 
I did a dumbbell chest press superset with a um, chest supported dumbbell high roll. It was absolutely fine. I was like, I had maybe like 30 seconds rest. I was like, oh, do you know what? I can maybe go again for an exit. Like, yeah, yeah. I literally, it, it was like a night and day comparison with that. And I think it definitely will have helped as well as just just being able to get a decent amount of steps in again. That yeah. the last three weeks, yeah, just like, you know, less than a thousand steps a day. Being in bed majority of the time, under eating massively and mm-hmm. having, you know, a high, like, you know, a, a virus as well. So, yeah, feel feel good um, this week. Um, and that's why I think, and I'm, I'm not kind of hoping on it too much, so I don't kind of, you know, have, so I have a realistic kind of expectation. But on Monday, I think I should be pretty, you know, yeah. 90 to 100% of my normal self. Just depends what COVID's doing with you. Like, don't know what, you don't know what this week's fatigue is coming <laughs> from. Is it lingering long COVID effects? Is it? That's not to be like a Debbie Downer, but yeah. just like no, no, of course. I've seen it with, quite, seen it with quite, clients quite yeah. a lot, like some of them being peaks um, and troughs after it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you also just don't know, like, um, what's the word? Like the placebo effect of like people being told they might feel crap after COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, like, yeah. do you know what? Before COVID, I definitely felt better than this, and like, so like for some of them, definitely. But then for some yeah. of them, you're like, did you? Yeah. Or are you just like? like kind of got in your head that you've you usually feel amazing and you don't and actually you don't yeah and now you've been told that you might not feel your best post-covid and you're like yeah definitely long covid yeah um, that's a prophecy isn't it oh yeah 100 um but yeah i think obviously long covid is a thing but i think my um, mum's got it yeah i heard you on the, the phone of it. yeah she um she had covid was hit pretty hard with it and was still testing positive even after like day 10 um and that was probably about two weeks ago now and then she had like two or three days where she kind of got back to normality a little bit and then she was floored again um and then the same again she had like a couple of days where she was back on her feet and then a couple of days ago she started feeling really shit again um did another test and has been testing positive since um and having spoke to a doctor who she's spoken to a few times they said that that's pretty classic long covid um mm. peaks and troughs you'll still test positive you're not infectious anymore um but it could last for as long as like three months <laughs> yeah which is a pretty I've had that with clients. damning prospect oh, really yeah. considering how how poorly she's been feeling but yeah oh, what a shame. you know one thing yeah. i actually take for granted my older brother is a doctor, so I have my own doctor on speed dial. He's just on call. <laughs> and he's done a degree in pharmacology as well, so I can be like, right, what do I need for this, this, and this? He's like, right, you want to get this? You want to get that? You want to get this? And it's just, I take that for hours on the yeah. phone to one one one. I was going to say I've got the same with um, both my uncles. Are, <laughs> um, one's a GP and one's a um, specialist. I can't remember what he's a specialist in, um, but he's a consultant in something. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty cushy. Like I can message my uncle Hugh and just pop him a message and be like, "What do you reckon?" Um, Am I dying? <laughs> pretty much. Uh, my dad. Not that you're dramatic at all. Well, no. Like I had I had the the gyno last year, like the um, breast tissue growing on my chest. Yeah. That was fun. Um, <laughs> it was good to be able to message him and just be like, "What's the crack here?" Um, non-steroid user who's developed gyno um, 
And he was like, no, you see that quite a lot. I was like, really? He was like, yeah, like in Teenage Boys. I was like, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 26. <laughs> I'm not going through puberty. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he was like, yeah, okay, it's not that common. Um, but anyway, um, other topic we wanted to go over, guys. Yeah, we wanted to talk about how you can optimise your results without really changing a huge amount like I think there's we've been talking quite a bit haven't we of how there are certain things that we think people can be doing that doesn't massively mean changing a great deal but just really maximizing what they're already doing I'm gonna Um, I'm gonna jump in changing things but not taking a lot more time yeah yeah you're gonna change things and like maybe change things quite a lot but things that don't require huge amounts more time and effort yeah so like small Um, efforts and like high reward yeah Yeah. low-hanging fruit like i think a lot of people can get overwhelmed with what they want to do to achieve the results they want whether that be like fat loss muscle gain strength gain fitness whatever um health increases and the there's that getting overwhelmed with everything at once or or almost convincing themselves that they need to do all these things that take a lot of time. Mm. And like, I've got, you know, I think we'll all have these clients that like you could pick out five clients on one end and five clients on the other end. And you'd look at the amount of time that they spend on their fitness and health. And it might be exactly the same, but one, that one group gets much better results than the other group Mm. and we wanted to look at like what are what are those things that separate like average results and great results but that don't take a huge amount more time investment yeah it's like Mm -hmm. all three of us for example train between five and six times a week right Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily expect that no like that's not not the kind of thing we're talking about like oh just train more yeah um but like so the first one I think all of us will agree on is train with more intensity, training with intensity, training not going through failure. the motions when you go into a workout. Mm-hmm. So you're going to spend an hour in that gym. It is a time commitment of your day. Fucking make it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Like we'll all have those clients that like, it's impressive that they get to the gym with consistency, given they have like very busy schedules. Yeah. And understanding that that busy schedule does mean that sometimes they've got low bandwidth, but, you know, pull those, those adult big girl, big boy pants on and crack into it. Yeah. Make that workout worthwhile. Really mm-hmm. push yourself in an appropriate way. Yeah. I think it's, it's yeah, always, I'm... the. sorry, I was just going to say, it's always, it's always the, it's, qual- it's quality over quantity to a degree. As long as you're, you're doing that, like as Jake touched on earlier, you know, that minimum effective volume of work, that workload. As long as you're doing that minimum amount and, you know, progressing somewhat up from there, um, then you'll be absolutely fine. Then you'll be absolutely fine if you're prioritizing the quality and getting the most out of what you are doing. Whereas there is that, you know, unfortunately for years and years and years, people think that you need to be doing, you know, 10 to 15 exercises per muscle group. Like, it's like, you know, you don't need to be doing that at all. That's what I was going to say. This isn't necessarily um, for like our clients, but for people who maybe don't have coaches or don't have people who program for them. I know when I've taken new clients 
on board and they've maybe shared with me what their like workout will look like in quotation marks and they're doing like 10 to 15 exercises a session and then like you know for example if they came on board with me and I wrote my program and like that's like probably over half in the amount of movements that they're doing in a session and they kind of look at it and they're like there's not there's nothing there's not much there like I'm hardly doing anything and I'm like no like if you're training with intensity doing you know half the amount you're gonna get better results like there's no way you're pushing yourself to the degree that you should be doing that many sets and that many exercises per session Ah, uh, straight away like I, I I've just um taken a client on with this um there's there's well there's two things when you see like 10 exercises with five sets each um and then they're like and you're like how long is this person in the gym and they're like an hour yeah you're basically just doing a, like just go to body pump seriously yeah. um like you're doing the same thing as going to body pump um like you're not going to be getting the results you want from a resistance training point of view um or in the gym for two hours and you're like mm-hmm. the, the productivity of that session must be going downhill yeah so hard um and yeah we'll on average say what is that five five sets 10x 50 sets like an average workout our program will be somewhere between 20 to the high 20s mm-hmm. um yeah. in terms of number of sets for that whole workout um maybe 30 sets um but not usually much more than that per session um mm-hmm. and you see like there's that sometimes that real fear people come on board and they go yeah but i won't be burning as many calories and it's like you probably won't be burning as many calories but you'll be getting a lot stronger building a lot more muscle um and you'll probably have much less systemic fatigue yeah and systemic mm-hmm. stress from that um i don't know if you guys have ever seen you know when you take a client on board this is kind of gone off topic a little bit you know when you take a client on board who's a classic overworker and like mm-hmm. over trainer and you reduce everything down and maybe even increase their calories and you actually see just like this monumental water drop yeah sometimes body fat drop as well like i've had clients where they've then dropped like four or five centimeters off their waist in the first week and it's like you were just so bloated water retaining um yeah and it's like wow like your body was really fucking angry with you yeah Um, yeah yeah which i think training's one but i'd say another point is nailing the basics like sleep mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. if you are getting an average of like four to five hours a night and you know you're feeling like progress is stalling a little bit you maybe might be ticking all the boxes elsewhere like that is just going to make your life so much harder you probably don't even realize that yeah like because they're like chronically used to only having that much sleep totally like you again i have clients start with those five six hours of sleep and the literature on sleep yeah and body composition changes like i'd love to just be like do you know what you're going to be way healthier and happier if you get more sleep but sometimes the only way to sell it to people is you'll lose more body fat and you'll gain more muscle yeah <laughs> like yeah. sometimes it has to be body composition related and the literature is so clear like you will if you're in a calorie deficit you will lose more muscle 
and you will lose less body fat mm. than if you sleep more. So the deficit that you create will go less to body fat. Yes, mm-hmm. you, you train hard to keep that muscle or to build that muscle. And by not sleeping, you are directly influencing losing more muscle yeah. and losing less body fat. So like you're going to have to diet more aggressively or longer, which will also mean you lose more muscle in order to lose the same amount of body fat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I think the stat, the stats are brutal. It's like 40% less body fat loss or something. So you might have to diet instead of like eight weeks, you might have to diet for 14 weeks or 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. That's brutal just because you're not prioritizing sleep, just because you're doing more Netflix or yeah. whatever it is, or staying on your phone later. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, you know, a bit kind of childish almost. Like you feel a bit like a child, like, oh no, I have to go to sleep go to on bed time. Earlier. Yeah. Stop trying to be a rebel. Yeah. I've like, had a client check in this week and in a check-in she said I'm really not a morning person. Like her sleep hadn't been great. Quality of sleep, amount of hours she was getting, but like trying to get up early to like get shit done. I'm really not a morning person. And I said to her, I was like, you last edited this at one o'clock in the morning. You're not a morning person because you go to bed after one o'clock in the morning. I'm a morning person because I go to bed at nine o'clock at night. Like you can't have the best of both worlds. Like there's got to be some compromise there. Like, you know, really prioritize it. And it's like, I sometimes sound like, I feel like a bit of a broken record when I talk to clients about it. And even like, I, I always say it as like, I feel like a new mum telling you to go to bed earlier, but like go to bed earlier. <laughs> there's, a, there's a compromise there. Like for some of like, for some of our clients, they will work a job. Totally. And totally. then they will, if, and then we're asking them to prioritize the gym and yeah. they might go to the gym after work yeah. and they might get home at 7.30 and then they might have dinner and that might go to 8, 8.30 and then they need a bit of downtime. Like we go to bed at nine, having had two hours yeah, totally. of Netflix, like chilling out, having yeah, dinner at that yeah. time. They might need that hour and a half, two hours from 8.30. That takes them to 10, 10.30. Okay, cool. Then you wake up at six. We're still getting eight to seven hours. Yeah. Like I'm not saying everyone needs to get eight and a half hours. I'll average like eight to eight and a half hours sleep. I'm pretty comfortable saying that my clients that sleep seven to seven and a half hours get plenty of sleep mm-hmm. and that they're pretty cushy. Like if you, if you're asleep by 10 30 and you wake up six, that's seven and a half hours, right? Is that good maths? Yeah. Seven and a half hours. Yeah. That's loads of sleep. Like you'll be fine. You can go your whole life with that. You can sleep a little bit more on the weekends. Maybe you end up averaging out at eight hours sleep. Amazing. Um, so it's, you know, there is a compromise there. Yeah. We're not saying go to bed at nine. We no. are saying if you know, and like you need obviously to... it's all person dependent, isn't it? Like I know I've, I do have some clients who work obscenely long hours mm. and they might not be signing off work till nine o'clock at night. And like, I know it's unreasonable for me to be like, okay, go straight to bed. Like that's obviously not going to happen. But I do think like there is this just like acceptance of like, this is how it is and this is how it's always going to be. But unless you like, tackle it and are like actually quite proactive about it it is it's never going to change 100 percent. sleep's a great one training intensity is a great one mm-hmm. training improvement yeah form videos <laughs> form videos for a coach form videos for yourself for yourself so do you 
have people you follow on Instagram or on YouTube or whatever that you watch train and then compare mm. your video of you doing that exercise. Does it look similar? If not, what can you tweak? Why does it not look similar? Maybe watch some instructional videos of common mistakes with it. If you're working with a coach, fucking do some form videos. Um, mm. Like, again, we've got clients who... I've got clients that train unbelievably well. Like, I would say move as well as me, if not better, who are sending me five, six form videos a week, being mm. like, what can I do better? Wow. Like, that is a huge part of our service. Like, I know all three of us are so, like, we just want our clients to train the best they could possibly train. And, like, mm. I I will have weeks, and I'm going to be blatant, like, brutally honest, I, like, don't love when I open someone's form video folder and there's 16 form videos in there because that's, like, a time demand on me and, like, really having to pick apart 16 form videos and, like, knowing potentially that they will not be absorbed fully. But like 70% of that's going to go straight over their head. But mm-hmm. I will open a fo- folder like that with so much more enthusiasm than a blank one. Yeah. Because like, I'll delete form videos out of, out of the folder when I've, when I've watched them quite often. Um, so I, if someone's not done form videos, I'll, I'll often open a blank form video folder. Opening that blank form video folder, when I know that person does not train to the absolute best of their ability and there's things that we want to tweak week on week and to improve week on week is soul destroying in some ways. It's like you are not taking advantage of a huge part of our service Mm -hmm. where we can Mm -hmm. get, without being there in the gym with you, we can get you training so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it shows, it shows those people that are sending form videos week on week on week are training much better week on week on week yeah and then mm-hmm. getting much better results week on week on week I, I think i was literally saying to a client the other day that you know regardless of how good even you know even how i might feel about my own technique or the the two of yourselves that there is always something that we can look on and that we can find some way of improving on like you know we'll look back at our own form videos and be like right you know like actually you know compare that to how i was actually feeling it as well like there's always something that you yeah. can think about, you know you can identify that you can improve on and you know we we obviously understand to an extent that it's a bit of a daunting task when you first do it like if you remember obviously the first time that mm-hmm. um you, you video record yourself in the gym or the first time you're walking down the street and you're taking like an instagram story and you're speaking like we always make it out to be far more of that you know daunting kind of overwhelming anxiety just inducing kind of task but then when you do it you're like oh do you know what that's not bad at all like i I don't even none of us or any of our clients that take form videos regularly i don't think it's really yeah they don't bat bat an eyelid at all yeah totally yeah it's not as intimidating as people think it is for sure um i did see i did see a really funny thing the other day um so i i (laughs) I follow quite a few people on Instagram and sometimes they'll put videos up of form videos and they'll be like quite angsty about the fact that someone's walked in front of their camera. Like, don't mind me, was just trying to film something. <laughs> and someone put something up being like, um, stop fucking whinging about someone walking in front of your form video 
you're in a public gym for fuck's sake. <laughs> like some people do, sometimes you do develop that sense of entitlement of like, mm. don't get in my way. It's like, what? Mm. You're in yeah. a public gym. Go buy your own gym if you really want that space. Yeah. Like It's like if, if you see it in the gym where people like, you know, if you have more of an advanced gym goer versus more of a, a newbie gym goer, and you know that advanced person's wanting on a certain piece of equipment, and someone's on that, and then you know I've seen that many times. People, are like, oh, you know that guy doesn't even take his training seriously. Like I, I should be on that machine, and it's like you, you pay the same, you know, gym membership price as this yeah. person. You're equally entitled. Like you're gonna have to wait your turn. Like you, you can't have that high sense of entitlement. Hundred percent. Like I don't think any of us walk around the gym with like a sense of entitlement to be on kit. Like no. I think all three of us are pretty good with that. Like if, if some stuff's being used, it's like, Oh, like for me, if someone goes on a piece of kit that I needed and it was free, like two minutes before my thought is not you dick. Mm -hmm. It's Jake, you dick. Yeah. I could have been quicker. Almost always. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I replied to a text message when I was ready to go into my next yeah. set and just took an extra 20 seconds <laughs> or 30 seconds than I could have done. And it's like, mm -hmm. and I'll always sit there and be like, that's karma for being a, like for fucking around. Like <laughs> that's karma for messing around in the gym and, and like, you know, messing around on my phone or scrolling Instagram or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it adds 10 minutes to my, to my session. That's my fault. Um, but yeah, desire to learn, desire to get better. That's yeah. a massive thing. Yeah. Um, and that ties in with the training intensity, eh? Totally. Not being okay with just turning up to the gym yeah. and going through the motions. Training with intention. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Like, I think all three of us train pretty fucking hard. I don't think you have to train as hard as we do mm. to get good results. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you have to be progressing. Yeah. Like, and, and ticking the box of, you know, showing up each week, looking to make progress. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Anything that else, hunger, I was going to say that hunger for like, you know, training harder and really pushing yourself to like the extent that we do. That's something I definitely feel like comes with time. Like I've seen this in like long-term clients now as well, where it's like, you can really see that hunger and that fire inside of them, yeah. like really wanting that progression, you know, really yeah. setting like, those goals and expectations for themselves. They're like, you can tell that people want it at that point because well, you yeah. fall. You well, once you're training for so long and you're really fully invested in it, like you do fall in love with that feeling of pushing yourself mm -hmm. harder because it is that it is like an instant gratification for actually feeling like you know you're doing everything. Yeah. That if you're pushing yourself to that you know point that maybe you didn't think you would be able to before, lifting heavier weight than what you ever maybe would have thought you would have um, done before, then yeah, that's a that's that's a contagious. That's one that it is contagious. Goal. That is exactly the right word. Yeah, it's contagious. Really I see, I, I've had quite a few clients like from <laughs> during the COVID period who started coaching during a lockdown and they'd never really done resistance training. And we did resistance training at home with just with like bands or like some light dumbbells. And then they like slowly been like, maybe just see me put videos up of other clients in the gym and our training and stuff. And they're like, do you know what? I'm going to join a gym. And they'd never really like done lifted weights in a gym stuff. And like now we're six months down the line from there. And like, I'm thinking of one client, she's deadlifting like 70 kilos for a set to six, squatting like 50 um, and just, and like moves well. Like 
she'll go in any gym. And yeah, she might not be as strong as everyone in there, but like anyone watching her would be like, she's got really good technique. Like she moves really well. Um, and that's really cool. Like taking someone who's like in an online coaching setting, taking someone who's never yeah. really trained, but what she done, like, yes, it was awkward for at first because she had the anxiety of the gym. And then within a couple of weeks, I was like, right, okay, I want you to get some form videos. I know that's going to be awkward for you. But I promise you, just rest your camera against a water bottle. Yeah. Have it facing in your vague direction. Nobody will even know that you're filming. You could literally just be placing your water bottle against mm-hmm. a water, like your camera against a water bottle, sorry. It could just be you're like resting your phone there. Mm-hmm. And like, but I've got form videos from her, five or six every week for like five months straight. Course of, course of form's got better. Mm-hmm. Like, of course yeah. she's training well. Like, that is, you know, that's a process. And when you follow any process that's got like merit behind it and, and proven results behind it, of course, like the results come. That that's amazing. The that, the the degree of kind of progress that she's made in six months. Like mm-hmm. I know people that have trained, and it's like this frustrating thing you get when you've got friends that have like trained for like I know people that train like three to five years and aren't actually that to actually at that level. And yeah. I think, you know, we can probably resonate with that of like making like a variety of mistakes, not knowing how to be able to progress. And you're doing trial and error yourself when you're going yeah. at your own journey by yourself. And then you're like, oh, my God, that's the thing that we look back on the most now is like, oh, my God, that time that was wasted. If only, yeah. you know, I had that knowledge and expertise that I do now, you know, six, seven years ago. And uh, hindsight. Me and Ryan were discussing on the way up out of the gym um, today. Um, and I said to him, I'm like so upset that I've never like that it took me until working with Mike to like properly feed myself and to like give myself and to follow just a program unquestioningly weeks and months on, on end. Um, Like just the way I feel like kind of what Kate was saying, like I just know every single time I walk in a gym that I can add weight or add reps to my, to my sessions. And like, I'm at points I've never been before with better form. Like yeah. I've, mm-hmm. I'm lifting weights that I've never lifted with shit technique even. Yeah. Um, let alone with good and they're moving great. Um, and it's like, wow, I've been training since I was 15 um, and I'm 27 now. And I've made almost all the progress of my entire life in the last three years. Mm. Like, Wow. <laughs> if i if i'd started working with a coach 10 years ago like wow <laughs> um but you, you just live with those regrets and like that's why i'm so passionate about coaching um yeah. and and about like the the job that we do and the difference we can make to people yeah um this is an intro this is a bit of a side note i, th- I think we've kind of covered those low-hanging fruit things here's an interesting side note do any of you or do either of you lowball your like knowledge, experience, and expertise around your friendship group? What like downplay it? Yeah, yeah. You're so like, like say, say you're in a group of four people, right? And like going to the gym comes up, or like training comes up, or dieting comes up, or whatever. Do you play it pretty low? Like, no, no, like. Oh, yeah. Do you know, you probably, like, someone goes, oh, I'm doing this. What do you think? 
how often do you actually like turn around and, and kind of give your opinion or do you just kind of go because you were saying Ryan you've got mates who have mm. never achieved like what they should achieve like it would be totally reasonable for you to turn around and be like hey hey pal like I've seen you've been training for ages and like maybe not made as much progress as you maybe would have mm -hmm. wanted um can I give you a couple of bits of advice I never do that like I don't my I think my friends think that I know about as much as they do if that makes sense <laughs> see I I used to I feel like maybe like three or four years ago I would be, I would very much get my opinion across. But oh yeah. no, like you want to do this and you know, give like generalized advice. It very much depends on how the person asks me. If the person was truly being like, you know, like, you know, we were sat down having a catch and we're like, look, I'm really struggling with, you know, trying to do this. Like, what's your thoughts? Then I'll give them my entire thoughts in exactly that case. But pretty much with all my friends now, like, I think they, my friends have always been so great for, um, they would always like like three of my closest mates. I'll get voice notes like every other day from them. I've been like, Ryan, what's your thoughts on this? Like, you know, what about this with nutrition or what about this with training? And I like it's it's turned into like a little bit of like a long running joke as well, where like yeah, I just yeah. give a very very in depth kind of response to it. Um, but uh, it depends on like how close I am with the people as well. But most yeah. of my mates have just they've they've really kind of they they've described me as a as a bit of a wizard when it comes to training and nutrition for the last yeah, yeah, like yeah. however many years. So they, they've always been very supportive in that end. But if it's someone I don't really know that well, then no, I, I won't really give them my full insights. I'll be like, oh, you, yeah, if you're happy doing what you're doing, then that's absolutely fine. But you, know, if you need my expertise. Me up. <laughs> yeah, I, like, exactly. like, I have this vibe of like, and I've always been a bit like this, of like lowballing how into fitness and nutrition I am in like a social setting like oh yeah no yeah 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 um yeah yeah i just like kind of give people some nutrition advice and blah blah, blah. like mm -hmm. I, I don't like to come across as like keep like i guess my i think i've said this before but like i hate <laughs> being viewed as a pt mm -hmm. or like yeah i hate being viewed as like the fitness person who's judging people on what they eat or do you know what i mean and like i think that yeah. comes across for me of like I'll tend not to put my knowledge across too much. Like yeah. one of my friends voice noted me the other day and was like, I've noticed that you don't necessarily finish off chest presses or something like a dumbbell chest press is there a reason. And I like kind of answered kind of short at first and I like left it for a minute and I was like, nah, I'm going to like actually tell him so he doesn't think I'm a dumb dumb and like, and like just like a wanker bodybuilder who's doing like half reps. Now I was yeah. like explaining about like moment arms and like, like the line of force and Doggy. anyway, he sent me back a voice note. It was like, that was so in depth. Like <laughs> I had to like listen to it twice and screw my head on again. And was like, I think I understand what he said. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's like quite rare for me. I, yeah, I know. Like, I, I think I would probably say I would lean more towards the side of probably getting my opinion across more than not. Yeah, yeah. I think just because I, I, well, I, you coach a couple of your mates, eh? Like those same friends, yeah. you like, yeah. And that's probably reflected is like they value your opinion and or 
you've given them your opinion your opinion so they now know how much you know kind of thing um but yeah i know like for example um kate wouldn't talk too much about nutrition in front of family for example Mm -hmm. um like i know it would come up now and then yeah and you'd be like yeah yeah whatever works for you yeah and i kind of do the same in the same situation can't like you just open a bit of a can of worms aren't you yeah unless someone's like directly asking for advice yeah yeah, yeah. i think there's a difference between like asking for advice and then like unsolicited advice yeah 100 that's that's it isn't it it's like you don't want to be that person that's just like giving out a spiel of advice that no one is or cares about that's why i think you've got to draw that line there like if someone asks me tell you everything that you want to know but then if no one asks me, I don't want to be that person. It's like, oh my God, this, this, and this, and this. No, not at all. Yeah. I think there's a degree, is like for me, I think I'm getting now to the point where I might start just telling people things simply because like I'm bored of people talking to me just because I'm a personal trainer or nutritionist about what they're doing. Mm. Like, oh yeah, I'm a personal trainer nutritionist. Oh well, I've started doing keto. Oh, that's dumb as fuck. Yeah, that might be my response Don't from now on. That. Yeah, that's that's really dumb as fuck. Like all the research and all like the kind of common wisdom says that what you're doing is dumb as fuck, and that might just be my way of closing conversations down. Um, I'm like, I'm actually quite tempted by that. Imagine if we started doing that in Nuffield, by the way, Ryan. Like when people when people talk to us about what they're doing training wise. Like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this. Oh, that's dumb. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> We're looking really? on it. Opposite. Like, I'll see someone talking to Ryan about what they're doing. And it's like the absolute antithesis of what, like, Ryan would believe in from, like, a like a training principles or nutrition point of view. And he'd be like, oh, man, that's really cool. Like, that's <laughs> awesome. And I'll see him oh, nodding. I'm like, it. Ryan's dying inside. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's when if it like the only time that like I would maybe have to give my unwanted opinion is if someone is like standing in front of me, like literally like pushing all the wrong buttons, like saying like it's almost like if they were to say like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this with like a complete like they were doing the what I didn't believe in. And then they were justifying that with something completely incorrect. And if they kept going on about that and I'd just be standing there like. You know, it would be like a kettle starting to boil and then like yeah. overflow. And I'll just be like, right, actually, you know, you, you know, it would literally be like they're trying to kind of get at you in that sense. Or the worst one is when they start telling you you're doing something wrong and you're oh. like, oh, you are. Yeah, you're just wrong. Like you are. You're wrong. And I'm sorry. Bye. Um, oh, I, I hate that's my that's possibly one of my biggest hates is, well, when when I've like when there's people that come up to me and be like, oh man, you could get a couple more reps, you know, you could train harder there, and I'm like, yeah, I know I can, <laughs> but I'm not wanting to train harder right now. Like yeah, I've had yeah, that yeah. so many times of someone literally come up and be like, oh mate, you usually had two more in you, and I'm like, I think I maybe yeah. had three or four, but like you know, that's part of the plan right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like if you if you follow Ryan and watch him when he hits week five or six of this program he's doing now like in five weeks time and you like, I'm like when I train with you and you are aiming for failure, I'm fucking impressed. Like you've got see like, cause most people's failure point comes more from a lack of focus. Like they hit some really hard, intense reps and then they lose focus on like staying totally in 
that set and like their technique staying absolutely on point. And then they do a dodgy rep and they're like, okay, form broke down, form yeah. broke down there. And I would include myself on that. The certain movements where the thing that goes for me first is form breakdown and I'll have a slightly dodgy rep and go, right. Okay. I need to, I need to, I need to call that. And I probably, if I stayed like super fucking in it, could have done one more rep and not had the dodgy one. So like two more quality reps instead of one dodgy one. And like whenever I've trained with Ryan and he goes in that failure week, I'll watch him. And sometimes I think he's going to leave it. And I'll be like, oh, you've got a couple more there. And then he'll do three more and they're all beautiful, but they're like brutally hard. Mm -hmm. And that last one is like the biggest grind, but perfect. (laughs) And like, if you watch that, (laughs) you know, Ryan knows when he wants to train, when he wants, how he wants to train. Like it's- No, I appreciate appreciate that a lot. Like it's, it's funny because like, that's it. It's like, I, I like, that's my favorite thing. Like pushing myself as hard as I possibly can. Like, if I can push, if I'm at that point and someone's like, and it's appropriate for me at that time, and someone goes, Ryan, push yourself to failure and use the most amount of weight you possibly can. I want you to make this the, the most stimulative, effective set that you possibly can. I'm like, game on. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. Like, I love dialing in with that focus and just pushing yourself as hard as you possibly can. I think it's, mm. it's an amazing thing. That's that's my that's my favorite thing about training, and that's why it's annoying, I guess, as well, when people are like, "Oh man, you know you could be training harder." Like you are, you're focusing too much on your technique and your form. I'm like, watch me in my final week when I'm pushing myself as hard yeah. as I can, and then yeah. then tell me that. And you, so you're holding off the thing that you want to do, and then they're telling yeah. you you should be doing it, <laughs> and you're like, like I'd love to, I'd love to train harder, but like. Like the, the way my program is set up is to not do that every week because mm-hmm. that like the literature says that that's not what's most appropriate. Um, and that's what kind of the scientific consensus on training is right now. Um, For sure. but yeah, anyway, we'll leave that kind of worms. Um, we've <laughs> kind, kind of, a lot of tangents there guys. Oh, <laughs> that was an hour and 10 minutes of spiel. Sorry guys. <laughs> um, but welcome back to the podcast, Ryan um thank you for having me on this is now a healthy period for you i'm expecting like a year a year of no shit just like perfect health no injuries yeah touch wood touch wood um and we will catch you guys in the next episode we actually need to organize to get a guest on um but we will be in london the week that you listen to this um and having some nice foodie experiences and watching harry potter and the cursed child Yes. Anyway, oh, um, we will catch you all in the next episode, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. And speak soon.